Today's Daily Brief is brought to you by the Regeneration Summit at the Academy Museum, a three-day community event highlighting the voices of some of the film industry's big thinkers and brightest stars, while elevating the history of black cinema. Friday, February 3rd through Sunday, February 5th. For more information, visit academymuseum.org. Peace and love and welcome to The Daily Brief. This is where we bring you the headlines that are impacting the black experience. One of the biggest headlines for 2023 is Hip Hop Turns 50. So for 50 weeks, we are celebrating the culture that transformed the world. And joining me now is my first in-studio guest. Welcome, King T. Thank you. Good to be here. So let's just start from the beginning. How did you get involved in hip hop? Oh, well, I started out, you know, very young, uh, I think uh, 15, 14, 15 just wanted to be a DJ, a disc jockey, an on-air DJ on a, somebody's radio station. Was that 1580 K-Day? Uh, well, no, it was before K-Day. Oh, it was wow. like, yeah, I just grew up, you know, all I knew was music. All I wanted to do was music. I didn't, I didn't, I was too impatient to learn how to play any instruments. So I just love to spin music and play music for people. And, and that's how, that's all I knew. And, uh, I built up a nice record collection. Uh, you know, this was like even before hip hop began on the West Coast, really. I was like. What was the year? Oh, man, 83. Okay. 84. Uh-huh. You know, uh, there, there were stations like K-Ace. I used to mm-hmm. listen to the mix shows on K-Ace, KGFJ, of course. What was the song of that time? What was the hip hop music of that time? Uh, it had to be Freakazoid or No Parking on the Dance Floor, Shake Your Pants. Okay. Things like that. You know, we were just coming out of the disco era mm-hmm. and, and R&B, you know, the little uh, up-tempo R&B was kind of hype. And, and, and that's what I, I was in love with. And then came along uh, Egyptian Lover, mm-hmm. you know, Uncle Jam's Army and things like that, and, and, and the, the fast-paced music and the uh, electro beat and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's basically where it started. Right, right, right. Yeah. So now I read somewhere, or one of my producers told me that Biggie Smalls was influenced by your style. Have you heard that? Yeah, I heard that uh, a few places. I mean, uh, we were good friends, and, and I... Um, I liked his style, he, you know, and I think he, I think we just doted on each other, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and, you know, um, we were just, you know, rapping about, at that time, we were just rapping about being cool and, and trying to sound cool and, and trying to develop my voice and things like that, and I think he was doing the same thing, so we... What year was this? This was like uh, 1993, 94. Okay. I, I used to go to uh, New York a lot and, and you know, work out there just to get a different type of vibe. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I was signed to MCA, and I went out there and worked a lot, and we used to hang out and do a lot. Uh, okay, so MCA, of course, was the home of Uptown. Yeah, Which yeah. was the home so was of all, Bad Boy, so it was all relative. All family. All okay. family, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the alcoholics. 
Okay. So, oh, you get a little happy when we talk about the alcoholics. <laughs> the alcohol or because well, the fellas? Well, <laughs> I mean, that was a great time in our lives, you know what I'm saying? We were kids, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to find our way and have some fun. And out here on the West, um, it was mostly like gangster rap and, and street and we were trying you know even though we knew and we were good friends with the the ice cubes the dr dre's the easy e's and things we just tried to take it a different route because they had that sold up you know so we tried to uh create a, a party vibe for the west coast and and mm-hmm. and, and you know girls and you know what I'm saying, getting, you know, drunk and, and smoking weed and just having a party instead of always, you know, shoot them up, bang, bang, you know. Right. So we tried to come up with a, a couple of ideas because, you know, Ice Cube had the lynch mob and, mm-hmm. you know, there was other crews around, um, especially on the East Coast, you know, Fat Joe had the Terror Squad mm-hmm. and, with Big Pun and all them and, 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 we wanted to create something for for the West, for ourselves. So we, me and DJ Pooh was, you know, trying to choose between the Daily Chronics or the Alcoholics. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being the Alcoholics. And, you know, it was just a party vibe. And I, I had some guys that had been rolling with me from the beginning mm-hmm. that, that was, you know, trying to break into the scene and they they rapped hella good and and they knew about hip-hop and so we put them down okay that's out now that you would want to work with I work with all of them. I, you well, know, who are you listening to? Who are you I feeling right now? I listen to a lot of Drake. I listen to Young Thug. I listen to uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar a lot. Um, mm-hmm. J. Cole. I listen to a little bit of every. It's all about if it if it sounds good and if it moves me, I'm rocking with it. Right, right. That's what music is all about. You brought up Young Thug, and um, I want to get your take on this because a lot of courts are using rap lyrics yeah. against the artist. Yeah. What's your take on that? It's unfortunate, you know, and it's sad, uh, but as. I go back to when I started out, we couldn't say none of the things that these rappers are saying uh, on records now. You know what I'm saying? The record labels wouldn't let you say, wouldn't let you do it. But, you know, they don't give a damn now, you know. Um, and it's unfortunate. I think they're using Young Thug as an example, mm-hmm. and it's sad, and I, I feel for him, I, and I think he should be free. You know, I I think a lot of the them things that he was saying on the record is just for entertainment, and mm-hmm. you know, the people he had the wrong people around him. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just an unfortunate thing. Do you think it's dangerous for rappers to rap about life experiences, particularly street life, and they haven't lived it? Most definitely. If you haven't lived that, how could how would you be able? Well, you know, it, I'll, I'll take that back because this is entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're that talented to where you could put a story together and it, it, it flows with the beat and and, and it moves people, mm-hmm. 
that probably been through that same thing that you're talking about, mm -hmm. it's, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I wouldn't get on the record talking about I killed him and I, 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 I did this and I did that and I killed this person, brother, and all. They get, these kids get a little wild with it and mm -hmm. that's what's taking it, taking them down. We're talking about 50 years of, of, of hip hop. Yeah. And you were a big contributor to that, especially as it relates to the West Coast. Because yeah. we tend to always think about East Coast yeah. when we talk about uh, hip hop. Yeah. Who are some of the people, along with yourself, that um, you think helped break down the barriers of putting West Coast hip hop on the map? Well, I came in with, I was uh, lucky enough to come in, through, come through the doors with the right people from DJ Pooh, uh, Uncle Jam's Army, mm -hmm. D, uh, DJ Bobcat, uh, Roger Clayton, rest in peace, who was the uh, creator of Uncle Jam's Army. Mm -hmm. You know, he took he took a liking to me. Scotty D, you know, was one of the guys that you know helped me help put me in the game. Took me from wanting to be a DJ so bad to put me, get me on the mic and getting my voice wet on the mic and getting me used to that. Uh, and I came in with, you know, the likes of Easy, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube. We all came in together. We used to, I used to open up for NWA and Easy at the Skate Land in Compton, and mm -hmm. you know the, a couple of more. Uh, I think we even I even opened up with them at the Coliseum or the Sports Arena for mm -hmm. one of the Uncle Jam Army parties, and we started in together. So I I would like to think that I was pretty lucky. I got I came in with Ice T, you know. And and they looked out for me. I was able to get my, my first major deal with Capitol Records at a young age, like 18, 19 years mm. old, and put out three albums with with uh, Capitol, then went to uh, MCA, put out uh, uh, King T for Life, and after that, signed with Dr. Dre, Aftermath, and uh, we didn't get to put nothing out, but uh, you know, it, it, I've had a nice career. I've been blessed. Mm -hmm. man. Right. What's your most memorable moment in, in your long career? What stands out to you the most? Being on tour with uh, Too Short, Ice Cube, and Yo Yo. Okay. Yeah, that was that was it. And 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 traveling the world with Ice, mm -hmm. you know, um, and being able to work with Dr. Dre and my later career that taught me a lot and, and, and you know, taught me a lot of uh, things I should do and things I shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. and how to roll it now. You know, oh. that's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience and happy hip hop. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Same to you. All right. Peace. Thank you. For the latest in black news, you want to head over to LASentinel.net. And don't forget, every Friday we are celebrating the history, the legacy, and the hope of hip hop. I'm Neil Anderson, and you have just been debriefed. <laughs>